Good morning. I'm Wimala. Today is Friday, November the 18th. Less than a week away to Thanksgiving, and it seems like uh, November has just barely begun. So, we're reading from Pema Children's book, How We Live is How We Die. And we haven't been reading page by page in the first section, but this particular section, she's talking about um, steps. And we, what we talked about and did, uh, read about yesterday was compassionate abiding. And I'm going to read today from her appendix where she describes and gives instructions for Tonglen, which is a, a Tibetan practice. You, you can think of it as being sim- similar. It is a compassion, a practice of compassion. Okay. Let me, here it is. And if you don't, if you're not, if you're not practicing Tibetan Buddhism, you may not have heard of Tonglen, but it's a very, uh, some people are a little frightened of it at first if they're kind of new to meditation because I think they they fear that they take in the um, suffering of others. The wording in it is sometimes, uh, I think, misrepresented because she's very clear about what it's not. Um, so why don't we read this? Yeah. Let's read this first. These are wonderful instructions. So we'll do this by, we'll start out with this and I'll read it. And this is a young, young gay Mingyur Rinpoche wrote this and it's in her appendix. And uh, it's what she's added for this particular step. So whenever we can think about others and to have compassion for others, that's, that is that compassionate abiding that lets us not be focused so much just on ourself and our own issues, but we can be um, recognizing the suffering of others and realize that this is part of the human condition. So from this is from the appendix that I'm reading today, and this is going to be on um, Mignor Rinpoche's meditation. And I'm reading through the first part that we probably did yesterday, but then I'll read, it goes right into Tonglen. And he begins by saying, the length of time you sit is up to you. It can be as short as 10 minutes or as long as you like. This is a practice for the bardo of this life and for the bardo of dying. And the bardo is just the transition so 
This life is a transition. And it will come in handy for all the other bardos as well. So for every transition. Non-meditation, some of this I'm reading from yesterday, and then some I go, when I go into the specifically Tang Lin. And what you can do is just sit in meditation and listen to this um, as a, uh, I'm just going to read the instructions of the meditation, but you can be practicing at the same time. Meditation, non-meditation is the best meditation. In real meditation, you do not have to meditate. Just let your mind rest as it is. Whatever the state of your mind is, peaceful, not peaceful, thoughts or no thoughts, it does not matter. The background of all this is awareness, right? So just be with awareness, allowing it. Whatever thoughts or emotions arise, accept or allow them and just be. As long as you do not become unconscious or completely lost, it is okay. So we will do this practice. This is also what we call open presence meditation. Sometimes we call it meditation without an object. There are a few different names. Some traditional texts call it meditation without support. Please sit in your meditation posture. First, we will practice with a gentle out-breath. Breathe in and breathe out naturally. At the end of the out-breath, there is a natural pause. Simply rest in open awareness during this pause. When you feel the need to, inhale once again. Relax as you breathe in and breathe out. Breathe naturally, simply resting in awareness during the pause at the end of each out-breath. See if you notice these pauses naturally becoming a little longer. Keep your meditation posture. Do not force anything. Breathe in. Breathe out and rest in the pause. Okay, how was that? Now we will try it without pausing the breath, just completely natural. You do not have to do anything with the breath. Let the mind just rest. Just be with a sense of presence. When you rest like that, you are not lost. There is awareness, but the awareness does not have a particular object. You are just relaxing. Some people might find some sense of presence, of being. Something is there. You cannot really describe it, but you are not lost. You are not meditating, but also not lost. Okay, that is all.
I really love that, the gentleness of that and the easiness of it. Meditating with open awareness. And I think that's very much what we talk about when we talk about being mindful. So it's open awareness, being aware of everything and just being with it. Now here is the Tonglen instruction part. And this is also going to be, I want you to sit uh, in the same meditation posture and he's going to explain Tonglen. So this is Tonglen. You can be uh, just listening, but do it in your meditation posture and just see if you want to uh, there's understanding, and then he gives four. He'll get, there's about one page of just talking about it, and then four stages of it. Tonglen practice, also know, known as taking and sending, reverses our usual logic of avoiding suffering and seeking pleasure. In Tonglen practice, we visualize taking in the pain of others with every in-breath and sending out whatever will benefit them on the out-breath. In the process, we become liberated from age-old patterns of selfishness. We begin to feel love for both ourselves and others. We begin to take care of ourselves and others. Tom Lin awakens our compassion, and introduces us to a far bigger view of reality. It introduces us to the unlimited spaciousness of sunyata, emptiness. By doing the practice, we begin to connect with the open dimension of our being. Tonglen can be done for those who are ill, those who are dying or have died, or those who are in pain of any kind. It can be done as a formal meditation practice or right on the spot at any time. If we are out walking and we see someone in pain, we can breathe in that person's pain and send out relief to them. Usually we... Goodness... Usually, we look away when we see someone suffering. Their pain brings up our fear or anger. It brings up our resistance and confusion. So we can also do Tonglen for all the people just like ourselves, all those who wish to be compassionate but instead are afraid, who wish to be brave but instead are cowardly. Rather than beating ourselves up, we can use our personal stuckness as a stepping stone to understanding what people are up against all over the world. Use what seems like poison as medicine. We can use our personal suffering as the path to compassion for all beings. 
I'm going to read this paragraph again, not, not just because I stopped to cough, but I think it's really important to understand what Tom Lin is. And it's a, and he's saying clearly, if we visualize, we don't, we don't actually take in the suffering. We visualize, but we, we can see it. We see it. Usually we look away when we see someone suffering. Their pain brings up our fear or our anger. It brings up our resistance and confusion. So we can also do Tonglen for all the people just like ourselves, all those who rush to be compassionate, but instead are afraid, who wish to be brave, but instead are cowardly. Rather than beating ourselves up, we can use our personal stuckness as a stepping stone to understanding what people are up against all over the world. Breathe in for all of us and breathe out for all of us. Use what seems like poison as medicine. We can use our personal suffering as the path to compassion for all beings. When you do Tonglen as a formal meditation practice, it has four stages. Number one, flash on bodhicitta. Rest your mind for a second or two in a state of openness or stillness. This stage is traditionally called flashing on absolute bodhicitta or awakened heart-mind or opening to basic spaciousness and clarity. Number two, so we first began by just resting in openness, in stillness. Second is begin the visualization. Work with texture. Breathe in feelings of heat, darkness, and heaviness. So, the breathing in, you want to feel the texture, darkness, heaviness, a sense of claustrophobia, and breathe out feelings of coolness, brightness, and light, a sense of freshness. Breathe in completely, taking in negative energy through all the pores of your body. When you breathe out, radiate positive energy completely through all the pores of your body. Do this until your visualization is synchronized with your in and out breath. I think that's the part that's sometimes uh, uh, a little scary for people to say to breathe in, uh, to breathe in those feelings of heaviness. So if that does make you feel uncomfortable, just just listen to the instructions, but don't don't worry about practicing this. Um, it's a visualization. It's not real. It's not really happening. You're not breathing in darkness, dark energy into your body. But this is a visualization to help in the in the in the meditation. So three, focus on a personal situation. Focus on any painful situation that's real to you. Traditionally, you begin by doing Tonglen for someone you care about and wish to help. However, if you are stuck, 
you can do the practice for the pain you are feeling yourself and simultaneously for all those who feel the same kind of suffering. For instance, if you are feeling inadequate, breathe that in for yourself and all the others in the same boat and send out confidence, adequacy, and relief in any form you wish. So then you're focusing on your own situation, but you're also thinking about all the other pe beings, all the other people in the, the who experience the same kind of suffering. And then four, expand your compassion. Finally, make the taking in and sending out bigger. If you are doing Tonglen for someone you love, Extend it out to all those who are in the same situation. If you are doing Tonglen for someone you see on television or on the street, do it for all the others in the same boat. Make it bigger than just that one person. You can do Tonglen for people you consider to be your enemies, those who hurt you or hurt others. Do Tonglen for them thinking of them as having the same confusion and stuckness as your friend or as yourself. Breathe in their pain and send them relief. Tonglen can extend indefinitely. As you do the practice, your compassion naturally expands over time. And, as, and so does your realization that things are not as solid as you thought. Gradually, at your own pace, you will be surprised to find yourself more and more able to be there for others, even in what used to seem like impossible situations. So, right away, what, do you, what does this might remind you of? This is, uh, this is very similar to uh, loving-kindness practice. I think the wording is different, and the the uh, the visualization is different because of the breathing you know breathing in the negative and breathing out the 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 completely pure bright light um, it's just it's it's a different it's a different way it's like a loving compassion uh, meditation so it's it's a, a little bit different from the form that we use in our Theravada practice, but I think it's, uh, it's very good to know the, it's very similar to that, and there's no, uh, that there's no need to be fear, to be fearful of the, of that. But if you're, it also expands our own sense. So if we're dealing with something, we know there are other people everywhere dealing with the same thing, so it can open our hearts to be more compassionate, and that's being more kind to ourselves. So we're doing it for ourselves, but we're also recognizing that we're in a world where we're connected we're in, in, in a certain way to other people experiencing the same difficulties and the same, same issues or problems. So it's, and it's just a matter of breathing it in. And just saying, oh, I'll, I'll breathe in and feel, be aware of 
that uh, suffering, that pain, those problems for others. And then breathe out just, and I'm sending out this healing, just this is, these are all images, visualizations. I'm sending out the healing for this suffering, not only my own suffering, but the suffering of others. So, let's see. Well, we really should, uh, let's see if we have, maybe I can read, because going along with the Tong, with the Tong Lin, and, uh, what we've been reading. Here's the third step to courage. And I'd like to read this and we will stop with that. So if you, if you feel comfortable trying Tong Lin, just, you can continue that practice after, after, uh, I have to leave. Or just practice loving kindness if you felt like you need, you need more meditation. Uh, I won't have time to sit with you through that, but I think I think you 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 can see how you feel that Tonglen is different or the same as loving kindness, and uh, especially if you've been feeling kind of in, encapsulated in your own world of pain or uh, just maybe depression or sadness or anger or whatever you might be going through and your isolation is part of the part of the suffering right that's like one of those other arrows that we we might be shooting into ourselves so the more we can open up and and know that other people share our experiences and there are other people uh, that that's just part of life going through all these different situations and Often they involve suffering. Not all of them, but, but that can help us let go of the suffering that we create, of feeling alone, of feeling kind of on an island by ourselves. The third step to courage. This is chapter 15, right after this, the discussion on the uh, Tonglen meditation. The third method of working with our emotions, the third step to courage, is to use them as a path of awakening. So we're going to use the difficult emotions that come up, or the, or the positive ones, all of them. The idea is to allow ourselves to experience the energy of the difficult emotions, like he calls them klesha, she does, fully and directly. In doing so, we discover that they contain all the wisdom we need to wake up. An unshakable confidence comes from this experience, a confidence that brings fearlessness in life and in death. As I have said, we all come into this world with co-emergent unawareness, which is a basic misunderstanding about how things are. We believe we have some kind of stable identity, Something that makes me, me, something separate from the rest. Based on this misunderstanding, we find ourselves constantly getting hooked by the myriad pleasures and pains the world has to offer. Our mind gets completely wrapped up in clashes and all the trouble that goes along with them. 
The teachings say that this painful process will continue until we wake up from our unawareness completely, until we see ourselves in all phenomena as they really are, fleeting, insubstantial, and wide open with possibility, never separate from the basic ground, never separate from the cosmic mirror. The term co-emergent ignorance is interesting because it implies that ignorance doesn't appear all alone. The Buddha taught that wherever there's confusion, there's also wisdom, co-emergent wisdom. So there's co-emergent ignorance and co-emergent wisdom at the same time. Whenever we get hooked, whenever our kleshas get triggered, whenever we temporarily lose our bearings and act out in destructive ways, we are in the grip of confusion. But that very confusion is inseparable from our deepest wisdom. In the traditional and in the traditional analogy, confusion and wisdom are like ice and water, which are both made of the same molecules. The only difference is that ice is frozen and water isn't. Confusion is based on having a frozen view of ourselves and the world. It's a product of our discomfort with the groundless nature of how things really are, the cosmic mirrorness of how things are. Most of us experience that wide open space as groundlessness. Anger, craving, jealousy, and all the other difficult emotions are part of this discomfort. If we don't have effective means of working with them, they can ruin our state of mind and harm not only us, but the people around us. This is why we learn to work with our emotions. Using our emotions as a path of awakening is based on simply letting the emotion be. Just as it is. I say simply, but letting anything in our mind simply be is easier said than done. The ego feels at home only when it's meddling, trying to fix things. That's great. I love that. The ego feels at home only when it's meddling, trying to fix things. It's always telling us that we can't leave anything alone. So we need patience and courage if we want to learn how to let our kleshas be. We first have to give the klesha or these difficult emotions enough space so that we can actually see what's happening. We need some perspective on our emotion. This doesn't exactly mean distancing ourselves from this emotion. It's more like positioning our mind in order to see clearly. Doing so requires us to practice refraining. It requires a mindful gap before we speak or act. It's hard to have any perspective when we're activated. So there's that, that back away, back away and uh, take that space you need. Take that second to back away. We need some perspective on our emotions. Having a clear perspective, we let ourselves experience the emotion as fully as possible. This is similar to letting ourselves feel what we feel, but it goes further. In this practice, we want to learn what the emotion really is. Instead of putting it into a category, 
such as positive or negative, we try to contact its energy directly and intimately to get to know its very essence. We want to know it, not merely with our conceptual mind, but deeply with our heart and our full being. Anam Tuptan makes a distinction between ordinary kleshas and conscious kleshas. Ordinary kleshas are what we're familiar with. For instance, when we're in a state of craving, it feels unpleasant, we lack perspective on it, and we usually react in harmful ways. So being conscious, being conscious of how we typically react to those difficult emotions are where the wisdom lies. When we go beyond our propensity to be bothered by craving, when we come to experience it as a form of wakeful energy, as a form of wakeful energy, then the emotion loses its power to disturb us. Instead, it becomes something precious, part of the preciousness of life. By relating to our emotions in this way, we discover their enlightened aspect, the wisdom that is co-emergent with ignorance and confusion. It is always present in each and every one of our kleshas. To contact it, we allow the klesha just to be what it is. Then the ice will melt and we will experience the open, flowing quality of water. Okay, one more minute. This isn't easy. Not only does it take practice to contact the wisdom in the difficult emotions, but it also takes practice to distinguish between the two, between wisdom and non-recognition. How can we tell whether we're experiencing the neurotic aspect of the energy or the wakeful aspect? Often the clearest evidence is found in our body. Generally, our ordinary kleshas correspond to some form of physical contraction. We feel a tightness in our stomach or jaw, or perhaps more subtly in our heart or solar plexus. When our emotions are in the ember stage, this contraction may be hard to detect. But if we practice tuning into our emotions and our body, then physical tightness can serve as an indicator of when we're caught in ordinary, difficult emotions. By getting in touch with the physical sensation of our neurosis, we come to know the feeling of wisdom as well. From this point of view, wisdom feels like relaxation, expansion, openness. Instead of fighting with our emotions, we let them be. We don't act them out or repress them. We simply let them be. We simply connect with what they feel like. Instead of tightening up with our strong opinions and storylines, we relax and allow the co-emergent wisdom in our kleshas to speak for itself. If we practice in this way, our emotions themselves will become our most direct path of awakening. That's great. We can use those difficult emotions to help us find our own wisdom. 
They are the path. Okay, that's all for today. I have to get going for a radiation treatment. And uh, thank you so much for being part of my practice. We had a little different format today, but let's... Uh, may everything we do and think and say today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all other beings. So thank you so much. I'll see you Tuesday, unless I have some other appointments set up. Okay, bye-bye. Take care.